Hello, 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 everybody. We're having another fun Monday. Today we are going to be discussed, discussing, well, disgusting too, but discussing the North Dakota 68 legislative session with Mr. Marvin Lepp. But before we get started with that, I want to remember everybody that you can be listening live. Go to GrandForksGFBestSource.com to listen now, and you can chat by clicking on the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And of course, as always, because it's a busy life we're all leading. You can watch us on Rumble, share the links, get people listening, get people informed. All right, Marvin, how you doing? I'm doing pretty okay. All right. So, it's been it's been one heck of a long legislative session, so uh, full of a lot of ups and downs and, and, and questions. So what we're going to be covering today is how you feel and I feel as two fairly conservative people how that session went. So the first question I have to ask you is, how would you grade A, B, C, D, or F uh, if you had to do an overall grade, the North Dakota 68th legislative session, and tell me, tell me why you think of that, that grade? Well, before we get to the grade, I okay. mean, this session was really kind of death by a thousand cuts. Yes. I mean, a thousand different bills hit the floor. Um, a lot of duplicate bills. Yes. And it was a very, very clear theme that if it didn't pass one way, they'd find another way to get it through. Um, I, so it was kind of a gray session. Um, I would give it maybe a C. Okay. Yeah. We have the same grade. That's yeah. what I'd have given it. And it's not necessarily because there was a lot of good or bad bills but there was a lot of wasted time on this session and there's a lot more that could have been corrected. And I, I agree. Could have done it a lot more conservatively with the North Dakota PAC taxpayers money. Well, I agree. And I found it to be fairly chaotic where it didn't need to be. Yeah. I, I think there was a lot of posturing, politicking and uh, trying to pad the, the election process uh, going on. Uh, on both sides, uh, and by when I say both sides, I'm not just referring to Democrats and Republicans, but I'm referring to conservatives and rhinos. Because oh. a, as we know, the Democrats in North Dakota are pretty much moot. I'm not saying that they, they don't exist or anything like that, but they, they're pretty well beat up. And so a lot of the real infighting actually occurred between the, the, the conservatives who want smaller government and the supposed Republicans who I shall for but the rest of the show referred to them as the rhinos who want nothing more than to continue to spend money and expand government. And I saw a lot, a lot of government expansion come down with this between health and human services, uh, the ethics committee and everything else. We're, we're hiring. Standard North Dakota is be hiring people before, before too long. We're going to have more people working for the government than we're going to have citizens that are paying for the people that are working for the government. And I find that distressing. I, how about you? Well, I mean, right now, what, Sanford's our largest employer, and I'm pretty sure the state's not far behind. Yeah, I agree. And how long before we catch up, especially if we if we continue to hire these health and human service people and everything else. Speaking of health and human services, how do you feel about the uh, expansion that's been taking place and the not just the the expansion by adding people, but the supposed duties that these individuals are going to be able to 
accomplish across the state, including them now being mental health professionals and everything else. Does does that sound to you like the way it was sold to us as it's for our safety or does it sound to you like something else? Well, I wasn't a fan of 1165 right away. Okay. I mean, talking about that one since January, how it shouldn't have passed and how it got just kind of rammed through. Um, the rewrite on the state health officer, what he can do, what he can't do, like, it's it's ridiculous. And with the way it currently is, I mean, Health and Human Services is our largest, largest budget every year. Yep. And it seems excessive for the amount of people that we have in our state versus what we pay that department every year. I mean, what were are we up to eight hundred thousand again, or we're just we're under? close, we're close. Uh, it's it just seems to me that it does nothing but continuously grow, and so do the powers that it has over the people, especially as we saw with the pandemic here and COVID. They their ability to restrict people's rights just by their say so was phenomenal during that time, and from what I can see from the expansion, all they've done is open the door to even more what I consider to be abuse by health and human services. Yeah. And, and it's, it's ridiculous because, you know, it keeps getting rumored every year that they're going to try and combine the schools and with health and human services too. So, I mean, think of that scenario, kid, you got a teacher, ask a child, if their parents have alcohol at home, she turns around, reports it to the school counselor. That goes out to the district health department. Next thing you know, a child's removed from a home because, heaven forbid, the parents have a six-pack of beer in the fridge. Well, that's just it. And, and, and some of these kids are six and seven, and I'm waiting for them to start asking if there's guns in the home. Can you Can you find the gun? Can you touch the gun? I mean, I'm waiting for some of these really uh, intrusive questions that that a kid might say, sure, and the, the gun may be locked up, but can the kid see it? Can the kid touch it? Yeah. Does it have ammo in it? No. It doesn't have gun locks on it or is, yeah. But I'm saying the kid's not going to say that. The kid's going to say there's an accessible gun in the home and away we're going to go. And when we're expanding their mental health ability, that's that's raising a lot of problems for me. Because uh, I know they're using the excuse that there's not enough mental health services in the state of North Dakota. But to me, giving the basic person down the road that belongs to Health and Human Services the ability to say that you're sane or not, which to me literally is the case, that's scary. Well, and I mean, just think about all the federal funding that they gain from that, too. Yep. I mean, more money, more money, more money. And last time I peeked at the budget, I think it was at like $5.6 billion or something like that. Yep. If you think about it, how much does that work out to for every person in the state that they're they're planning on spending? It's crazy. And when you look at what the Williston audit and some of the things, the, these agencies are getting so large, they can't even fo- follow the money as it is right now. For example, in the federal at the federal level, the Pentagon has failed its audit five years in a row. They can't find money. They can't find equipment. They can't find diddly. And the Williston School District is not a big, big district, and they're missing millions of dollars. When I'm looking at these agencies and things, I'm looking at it as being a really great way for money to go to disappear. Right. I, I mean, what do they say? Schools and human services is the easiest way to embezzle money? 
Well, it just makes sense that it would be. I mean, who's, and who's going to request the audit and some other things? It's, it, to me, it, it seems that there's going to be a setup for massive overreach, for unconditional spending, which is never good, and for money and equipment and other things to just disappear. Nobody's going to have an explanation, and they're just going to shrug their shoulders and go, oh, well, we'll fix it later. Same thing they're doing with our public schools. Well, I want to know where they keep pulling this money because obviously they didn't fix the taxes like they were supposed to. Um, oh, oh, unless you're big oil because, you know, they gave them giant tax breaks here. Well, so. let's let's start with the property tax relief. And I'm <laughs> being sarcastic <laughs> about that. Uh, they, they've been patting themselves on the back because I've been hearing people talk about it on the radio and stuff, and they're saying that there's $515 million in property tax relief. When you look at some of the new budgets, $515 million is actually a joke, but 70% of that $515 million is going to be going to income tax relief. Nobody I've ever talked to has complained about North Dakota income tax. They're all complaining about the property taxes. What's left that goes to property tax relief, from what I can see for me, all of my properties are going up in estimated value. That's going to be, I'm going to be lucky if it's a wash. And, and I mean, it was, if you look at the income tax relief, really, who did that relief? Yeah, I understand they put in a flat tax, but for those individuals that are over 100000 a year, whatever it was, mm-hmm. the magic number is 400000 I mean, those guys are going to be making... Oh, what is it? It's like 0.7% yeah. that gets cut off their taxes. So how much of that large money is due to wealthy individuals not having to pay as much for taxes? See, and that's what that's what slays me is the fact that when I look at the what they're doing at the federal level, because they're they're attempting to wipe out the middle class at the federal level with their taxes, and then I take a look at what the state's doing, I look at it, I go, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're looking at the middle class as being problematic because we're uppity. We're the ones that are complaining because the wealthy are just cruising through. The people that are at the poverty line or below the poverty line aren't any problem because they'll just do what they're told or somebody's going to take their subsidies. And so it's the middle class that they're trying to get back down to poverty level so that we don't have any voice, not like we do anyway. But I just look at this, and, and when, I, when I'm told by my representative – how lucky I am. Ooh, we gave you $515 million in relief. And I'm going, you gave me Jack. And then I'm told I'm, told I'm, I'm uh, what was it? Not, not, not uppity, but, but basically it was that term. It was, uh, it was, I wasn't grateful. That was it. I wasn't grateful. How, slap me again and ask me if I liked it and tell me that to be grateful. I don't understand how they can, can get off with this. And, and they've, they kept telling me how they fought for property tax. Yeah, just like they were going to abolish property tax, just like they're going to reduce property tax. And uh, the property tax is never going to be a solution until they can control the local level mills. Right, because I agree. The, the state can abolish property tax all day long. It could be gone tomorrow. But until your city, your township, your county, your schools stop charging you mills, they're just going to make up that difference in property tax and what goes on to your mill. 
And they already have. I took a look at, at this this relief, and I took a look at what's what's happened with my property tax, my property values. And I mean, I ain't the best mathematician, but I sat down and ran the numbers, and I said I didn't even break even. This this thing actually did me no good whatsoever. Well, and you stack that onto um, what the utilities MDU got a twelve percent approval last year from the industrial commission. Yep. I mean, twenty-four bucks a month. If you pay two hundred dollars for a utility, you start doing the math on that. Like, we're raising it. Yeah, everything keeps going up. Well, I have a three-bedroom cabin uh, up in Walhalla, and my twelve-month average payment is four hundred bucks a month for my electric. I have electric heat up there, and we aren't even there full time. Yeah, so I mean, the, the the price that's being charged uh, for electricity and other things, seeing as how they want us to go to electric cars and everything else, you're not going to be able to afford to be in a home. No, uh, you know that that's that 15 minute city thing. Yep. I'll wedge everybody into town, stick you in apartments, call it good. And, and we saw that even with the session too, uh, like just the different bills that came through. Um, it seems our legislators have forgotten about our two-minute towns or our five-minute communities because they just keep cutting funding for rural North Dakota. Um, they got rid of small business incentives. They got rid of any rural growth incentives, um, all thanks to the Department of Commerce. Yep. Um, and it's like... I don't even know what to say. Well, they're they're obviously very big corporate, uh, and and they they made that real clear when when Bergham wanted to fight to uh, bring in for the for the good of ranching and dairy to allow corporate farming and stuff to come in here and other things. It's very obvious that they do not value the rural lifestyle and the freedom of of the attitude of of freedom being utmost for the people that live rural you have to have that attitude that you're on your own out here you can take care of yourself and you will manage by yourself when you live rural and they don't like that attitude at all well and that's not going to balance out until they balance out the way that the districts are uh, I'm, I'm sorry i mean bismarck grand forks and fargo are controlling votes so unless you have conservative legislators from those areas, truly conservative, not just saying that on the campaign trail, you're not going to see a difference because, I mean, what, Grand Forks and Fargo, Bismarck changed even the state convention. Yes. Because you totaled up their votes on the chair, you totaled up their votes for Becker versus Hoven. It's ridiculous. 19 districts, 19 districts outweighed the rest of the state. We're going to get back to that because I want to cover that the the gerrymandering that went into those districts. But first, we need to hear from Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701 330 
1273. And the boys at Executive Properties do garage doors. So if your garage door took a beating today while you, I mean, the other over the winter while you were getting rid of snow, talk to the boys at Executive Properties. Okay, we were talking about the districts and the way that they've, they've sort of gerrymandered all of the districts uh, so that we were turning, we're turning into almost rocks and cows over here in North Dakota where we've got the larger cities that are deciding who's going to be in office. And most of the larger cities, even though they're electing Republicans, are really electing rhinos. And we're seeing that when the bills are put forth at state. So what can we do? Is there any any recourse that we have to get those districts refigured? Because I know some of the tribes were going to sue, but I haven't heard anything more about that. Oh, last I saw it was still in the book. But I mean, let's let's do case in point from Saturday. Um, until the party changes their rules, we're going to keep seeing this over and over again. So District 25, which is Winemere, way down in the south uh, southeast corner, um, Cindy Schreiber-Beck, who's a legislator, ran for chair, uh, treasurer of her district versus another gentleman. And she won. It was like 71 to 30. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only 30 people or 35 people in attendance for the meeting. The rest of that was proxy votes. Oh, my God. That's wrong. You, that, that should never be. They're doing the same thing that they're, they're, they're loading the ballot boxes up, just like they're doing a lot of other places. How yep. did, but are they still doing it, the pay for play, too? Well, like I sat and watched it and like. Somebody recorded a video of it. Two ladies sat and filled out all the proxy votes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, brought in all the envelopes, did the proxy votes. Wow. So You don't stand a chance. So right now, I think our biggest hope is finding a better district chair or a better state chair for the North Dakota Republican Party because... Obviously, it's being allowed. Wow. We're in deeper trouble than I thought. Because I know with, with Rick Becker and, and Hoven and stuff, I know about the buses and stuff that came in and, and, uh, and the gerrymandering on the districts and everything else and that the districts have been doing questionable things for a long time, which is part of the reason why I didn't run as a Republican. Because I, I took a look at the way the Republican Party was running things and I said... Screw it! I, I don't. I don't. I don't even want to be part of this group. But uh, this this proxy stuff and everything else to me is because you know what happened. There there was uh, a bunch of conservative people that that were new when the meetings were were planning to show up in force in person, and so well, they, they they just figured out. Okay, go ahead, go for it. Well, and here's the real interesting thing: is there was only like a six day notice on the meeting happening. So you tell me how they were able to get that many proxy votes rounded up, all the dues, all the fees collected, all the envelopes for all these people in six days. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. But you know what? What but, what, what bothers me is but, they're open, they're out in the open about it, and they're going, yeah, yeah, can't do nothing about it. Screw you. See what's even the funniest though is Pork just did an article about it. What was it, Thursday it released about Hike Camp and Kathy um, possibly running for the district chair and challenging? 
So not only do we have all these proxy votes, but we also have an inform piece about it too huh. for District 25. Well, we, I, I know they own the damn media. I mean, the, the, the major, the, the, the mainstream media of North Dakota, i.e. WDAY, the forum, um, and, and all of its counterparts that if you disagree, they buy you up the flag and everything else. They just sort of buy you up and shut you up, uh, is on board with these people. And they have no concerns regarding actually having a clear and open process where the people, those of us who are funding most of these agencies and everything else, not only have a voice, but have an actual representative. And the, the corruption that I'm seeing, I find it funny because, you know, when Bergam and a bunch of the other boys went in, they, they went in to supposedly solve the corruption. Their, their move was to, well, they were going to make things right. And as far as I can see, all they've done is business as usual. The names and North faces Dakota have changed. North Dakota for sale, it's what it is. Well, I, I look at, we talked a little bit about the property tax relief, and now we, I'm, I'm looking at what they do with the oil extraction tax. Would you, would you explain that to people? Because that, that's wrong. Okay, so there's two different bills on the oil extraction tax, um, 1286 and 1427. Um, 1427 dealt with re-stimulation wells. Um, you don't know what it is. It's a well that's been capped, wasn't in production for longer than 18 months. Um, it was a off-the-grid oil well. Um, so the funny thing is, is somebody called up to the tax department and asked why there's no fiscal note for it and was told, well, there wasn't really any number that we could find. But it's <laughs> really funny because if you search Bakken Restart, in your in your search bar, the first thing that pulls up is a North Dakota site that lists off there's 7,500 cap wells in North Dakota. And granted, that was in 2020, but it gives you a basis where you can do those numbers. Certainly does. So, if you do the math for 1427, the original proposal was five years of zero tax being paid from these wells. Okay. Um, if you figure at if you figure at what the gas extraction tax should jump up to, which is if we hit $90 a barrel is 6%, um, it worked out over the course of that five years to $5 billion and some change that we would lose. Wow. It got cut down to um, 3% in one step of the process in 18 months or X amount of barrels pumped out of said well but who's going to keep them honest and at that point it cut it down to um, 2.5 billion dollars in lost and the final version of it is two percent unless you're on a strata well with a reservation or the wells are within reservation property because the initial initial drafts on both of these bills were for everybody so reservation, non-reservation, they're just going to suck it up. Oil. Yeah, suck it up. Um, the other one, 1286, uh, just got rid of the 6%. Uh, once West Texas oil hit $90 a barrel, we were supposed to spike up to a 6% tax rate um, versus 5 
and it, it's pretty pretty cut and dry there too because they cut that one percent but if you figure how many wells are across western north dakota one percent is a lot of money that's a lot Especially seeing, I mean, especially seeing as how we're expanding the state and everything else, and obviously our property taxes aren't going down and everything else, that would be money that I would like to say belongs to the North Dakota people. And they seem pretty cavalier about just saying, eh, let it go. But if you look at Williston again, how much infrastructure change has happened, how much they're working on improving the roadways, and then you have Ron Ness sitting and making... Um, public comments about bringing in migrant workers because we're not going to have people to work for the oil boom when it happens. It's, it all seems pretty planned. Oh, and, it and definitely it, is. And, and the fact that a lot of this stuff expires at the end of July and everything goes into effect on August 1st of this year. Coincidence. Right. Yeah. I've, this legislative session, I saw so many coincidences that just... All seem to work out for the wrong people, meaning not us, the people of North Dakota, but it certainly worked out well for legislators and large corporations and things that um, pretty much are being allowed to slide. Well, even if you go back to 1165, where we started this with Health and Human Services, um, Representative Christensen brought forward a bill, um, the primary stakeholder for parents. Yep. And... Two years ago, it passed as a concurrent resolution, and this year he tried putting it into law, and they fought that tooth and nail before they finally just straight up voted no against it and killed it. Because the state doesn't think you know how to raise your kids, apparently, according to our legislators. Well, see, that's what worries me so much about this Health and Human Services expansion, to just to, to segue back for a second, because I, I saw a lot of very, quite frankly, anti-parental legislation going through here and i was very distressed because uh coincidentally when i look at the expansion of health and human services and some of the jobs that they're allowing them going to be allowing them to do and then i see the way they're undermining the parental influence and stuff in the education bills and other things i went Ooh, this is scary. And I, I mentioned it to people and they were like, oh, no, this is all just to keep you safer. I don't know how. Yeah, trust me, I'm with the government, right? Yeah. <laughs> I see. And that's what's scaring me so much. And, and, and everybody's t running around screaming, yay, the gender bills got through, which allow, you know, for, for no boys on, on girls' teams and, 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 oh, he's such a great governor and, oh, he's such a great legislation. Nobody's mentioning the fact that the, the bill that is supposed to keep them out of the bathrooms and the locker rooms has this nice little provision in it that says they can go in the bathrooms and the locker rooms, etc., if their parent agrees that they are indeed the gender of choice of female. So it did nothing. No. No, it's, like I said, it's a C. This session, it's very dark. And I think that some of the bills that got signed at the governor's desk were positioning, was all that they were. That's what I looked at it as being. Because I've heard he's running for president or he's considering a, a, a presidential run.
uh, whether it's this next time or the time after, that he's... So what he's doing is there's these, some of these gender bills and the abortion bills and some of these other ones that are coming through. They're being signed as he's posturing as the conservative. And when you peel back the onion on a lot of these bills, they're not what they're being sold to us as. But for the uninformed voter who reads the headline, these are going to look like great signatures. But they're not. Yeah. Well, and even if he runs into as governor for what, one more term, or whatever, I mean, this next governor race is going to be probably a, a circus, to be honest. I, I'm interested to see who actually comes out and runs in next year. Like, because, who's going to throw themselves on the funeral pyre? Well, not even that. Like, I, I have a feeling we're going to see probably three to five candidates. Wow. I know, just, I know some, just, I, I would actually like to see a conservative run, but... Yeah, well, we'll see how that works. Yeah. I've got to take another quick break here. And this time it's for Life Vantage because I want to ask you if you take collagen. And if you do, have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen? This collagen not only replenishes your body, but it helps your body create its own collagen using natural products while it maintains it. To find out more about this amazing product, please contact Stephanie Kronelka and Life Vantage. For more information, check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701-230-9306. That's 701-230-9306. Or you can email skbesthealth at gmail.com and they'll show you how to biohack your life with LifeVantage. You can also go out to gfbestsource.com and click on the link and it will take you directly to Life Vantage so you can get healthier and stay healthy longer and look younger and better while you're at it. Okay, so um, if we're looking at people running for governor, who do you think is going to, uh, do you have any names or any idea of the affiliation of people that are going to be throwing their life into the deep void, as I call it? I've heard rumors, but I don't want to spoil the surprise. Okay. Well, I know it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time uh, because uh, I have to ask you, we, we did this wonderful initiative, and we said that we wanted term limits. Oh, boy. Let's go. So can, can, we, can we go there, seeing as how our governor may or may not be our governor for much longer and stuff? Let's talk about term limits and what happened to that initiative. Can we? Because we, the people, yeah. voted for it. We said, yes, limit them. What happened, dear? Well, I'm glad that all the posturing and putzing around and everything else that they wasted, what, a month on? Yep. Ended up getting voted down. But... um. I always said this with term limits. I liked the concept. I liked what they were doing. My only hang-up was the eight, mate. It, it really was. And it's not that I don't think that's a bad idea. But when House outnumbers Senate two to one, and with all the redistricting, we have a lot of districts where we got three good legislators in that in eight years, if they continue to run what are they going to do? Yep. Because now all of a sudden you're going to have two house guys running for Senate, one Senator running for house. And 
you lose a legislator and God only knows what you're going to get in the process. Well, especially because of the voting issues. Yeah. So, so that was my hang up on it was the eight and eight. But the bigger question I have on the term limit stuff is they were so busy posturing themselves through all this process. Um, I believe it's on our century code that the U.S. reps only have 12 years. It is. So this should be year number 12 for Hoban. It should be. So what are we going to see from that? Nothing would be my guess. So eight years from now, are they even going to honor it? Well, That's a valid question. I like the I like the fact that they screamed like scalded eagles. Uh, oh well, the leg- you don't understand the legislative process. It's just so difficult and stuff. You're just getting you're just getting your learning curve figured out by the time you want us to be to be leaving. To which I looked at people and I said, so why don't you simplify the freaking process? Why does is the process so damn complicated? Except for the fact, I compare it to doctors. A doctor will come in and look at me and go, you have a, a, a bilateral hematoma uh, cross-section of this, this, and this, and this. And I go, oh, my God, is it fatal? No, it's a hangnail. But and, he, he has to make it sound so bad and so complicated. And this is what they're doing. Well, and if you look at it, a couple of hundred of those bills were all agency bills that they just could randomly submit. And we didn't do anything to limit that process either. No. If, if an agency wants to submit a bill... I think that they have to have a legislator right out of the gate that's sponsoring it. It's not brought forward by Health and Human Services. It's not brought forward by the Secretary of State's office. It is the Attorney General's office. By a legislator, and that's it. Yep. And, and, like, I get a little bit of what they're concerned about on that learning curve, but at the same point, if we cleaned up our century code, instead of bogging it down with more garbage... Which is what they did this session a lot they were like, they were rewriting century code like uh, Mark Twain. I mean, it was ridiculous the crap that they were doing. Well, you're telling me. <laughs> I mean, they were doing nothing to reduce it. They kept adding and adding, and the stuff that they were adding was gobbledygook. Well, and you look at a lot of these bills. Um, Eleven sixty-five was a prime example. The first twenty pages was just changing the executive director of human services to. Um, what, a chairman? Yep. Which sounds like an elected position. Why don't they make him an elected official? But (laughs) then you get into the meat of it, that's where they started changing the state health officer. That's where they started repealing chunks of century code. That's where they started adding new chapters to century code. But how many legislators just read the first page and went, oh my God, this is a page and a half of just the century codes. And just said, okay, it's whatever. A lot of them did because I contacted a bunch of them and was talking to them about changes and stuff. And most of them said, oh, you're wrong. That's not what it, that's not what it was. And I went, oh, allow me. And I'd fire them off something and they'd go, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, 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 I guess I, I, I guess I didn't, didn't know that. And I, I said, fired off something back and said, that's because I read it. Yeah. What a concept. I read it. Yeah, and honestly speaking, that bill should never have seen the light of day. But it was an agency bill. And most of those pretty much looked like they just got a walk. Yeah. Because it was the agency that wanted it. So what did they say? If the agency bill died, then it showed up in the budget. See, that's the thing. 
It's it's there's no way to actually. I mean, and you have no way of keeping track when you're submitting almost a thousand bills. And the fact that there's duplicates and everything, there's no way in hell these people did due diligence and read through most of this stuff. There is not. And I don't care who they are. They were not doing that. They were, they were busy. They were busy having a good time out at the, out at the, the clubs and stuff. They were busy. They were busy greasing each other's palms and telling each other how great they were. And, and who gets the, who gets the favor this time? Oh yeah. Excuse me. Who gets the favor this time is called working across the aisle and stuff like that now, but I'm sorry. It's the same damn concept. It's like when you've got two lawyers on opposing cases and it's not decided in the courtroom. It's decided when the two lawyers go out to lunch and each talk over the concessions that each other's willing to make. And then they go into the courtroom and they tell the judge they've come to a decision. Everything's fine. That's exactly what's occurring at our legislative sessions. You know what I really want to see the citizens bring forward a petition for? I'd love to. I think that we should put it onto the books that if you are in an elected position, no contract can go to a business that you own. I would love it. No state, no business, no local contracts to to a company that you are a partner in, that you have ownership in, or somebody that you're related to. Well, and we're so, seeing that out in Wall in Williston. Uh, well, they're uncovering yes. they're uncovering layers and layers and layers where le- these legislators benefited their family benefited by these contracts and stuff and in some cases there wasn't even a bid process followed. Well, I mean, just look at the Roars family. Um, you take a five year sample from the budget, say twenty ten, uh, twenty twenty to tw- this year, or four year sample, um, twenty million dollars between JPR Investments and Roars Construction. And there's three of them in this in the legislature, is there not? Yeah. Three of them. So, $20 million. And they so, just raised their per diem because it's so rough on them out there. So, I, I mean, if you took a 13-year sample, I bet you get close to $100 million that they've been awarded through state contracts. Wow. See, that's just... Uh... That that benefiting yeah, that, that bene- direct benefit. That's why they don't want term limits. No. Right there. Why would you why would you cut off the gravy train? That's 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 it's it's so freaking obvious. Oh it's no, it's because you care about the people and the process is so difficult. Yeah, twenty million dollars, that's a hell of a process. Yeah. Unbelievable. I just Well and back to Williston or back to the schools. You watch these school board meetings. How many times do you hear them referencing Century Code to make things an emergency so that they can get bids through? That's what they did in Williston. They had they had so many emergencies in Williston that weren't even uh, the parking lot was an emergency in Williston. It happened here in Bismarck, the Century parking lot. So they don't have to they don't have to do the bid process the way it normally is. You can just make sure that somebody and, and I mean, it's not even like it's that big of a process. You just let people know what the low bid is and say, just come in. And then what they all do is then they all run over anyway. It, this, the corruption is deep. 
and and I'm 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 tired of paying for it, and I'm tired of people telling me how lucky I am that we've got these people involved, and that I live in the state of North Dakota, where it's North Dakota nice. I'm like, you have no freaking clue what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, and I bet you if we look at the architecture contracts for yep. the school, I see the same company. If you see the construction bids, they're going to be the same over and over again. Well, and I happen to know for sure that uh, we're, we're talking about Governor Burgum is going to fund $25 million for the Find the Good Life campaign, which is going to focus on bringing North Dakota's quality life and initiatives, such as bringing potential rel- residents to communities across the state. They're focusing on Minot and Williston area and things like that. Why? Because there's a Department of Defense-based redevelopment project in the coming decade projected to bring in $3.2 billion in construction dollars to the state and as many as 3,000 workers to upgrade missile silos and B-52 bomber units at Minot Air Force Base. You tell me that the people that didn't know about this stuff coming in, which they did, that owned the construction companies that were out there buying up retail property and property for apartment buildings and everything else in our legislature aren't benefiting from that. You tell me. Sounds like insider trading. Exactly what it is. It's insider training to the max, and it's wrong because regular people aren't allowed any of that information. They go in and they buy the land for dirt cheap, and people are laughing at them, saying, what the hell do they think they're going to do with that thing there? Nobody's going to be moving out there, and boom, Bonanzaville, right there, right there, and they're going to sit there and rake it in. It's wrong. And that's yep. why they don't want the term limits, because they're going to lose their inside source. And that's also why we have nepotism in legislature. We have, we have daughters. We have daughters-in-law. We have dads. We have these cousins and, and everybody else. And if they're not in the legislature, they're in the damn departments. They're, they're state employees. Well, and they're county commissioners and they're city commissioners. School board people. City on school boards. They're... And it's not just that. I mean, there's some cases where you have one person sitting on like four or five different boards. Now, isn't that supposed to be against century code? And that's the other thing. Like, we want to take this a step further. If you're a legislator, I don't think you should be able to hold a government position during your tenure as a legislator. Oh, I agree. It just doesn't make sense. I don't care if it's a school board or a township board. Like, if you're elected to sit in office... That should be your primary. You can have your normal day job, but A, I don't think you should be, your business should be able to profit from it. And B, I don't think that you should be able to affect your local level too. Because I mean, what was it, two years ago, there was that big stir up out in Dickinson about the the county commission having such a huge surplus of funds that the auditor turned up. But yeah, we don't want the auditor to work. Let's talk about that one when, when, uh, too. The fact that the auditor who happens to be the one that caught the people in Williston and who's the person that really is the checks and balances, his department and stuff, they went to great lengths to not only hamstring his department, but to defund it and to make sure that he understood his place, which was not monitoring us. Well, and you look at the dumpster fire that was supposed to be the committee meeting. People drove in from all over the state for that. And, and when, went to the bill, then they, they moved it to committee work, not an actual hearing, because there was people there. 
Yeah, you're not supposed to have a voice. We don't want that. I want to get back to this, and I want to get back to what happened at, and that was 1508, I believe. But we're first going to get going with Oh Heaven's Cakes, because there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods, and that's where Oh For Heaven's Cakes comes in. They have the best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in and find out more. While you're there, you can enjoy some homemade lunch and soup, and they have keto, gluten-free, vegan, and diabetic options, so they've got something for everybody. And if you're a business owner, I want to make sure you check out something for your employees, because O4 Heaven's Cakes has monthly employee discounts and specials, so you can treat the guys at the office once once a month and say... I think you guys are great. Here's some For Heaven's Cakes product. And they are in the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or you can go to O For Heaven's Cake at yahoo.com. And you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's O For Heaven's Cakes in the Grand City Small. Graduation is coming. Make sure you order your cakes early. And if you're an artisan and you think frosting cakes and cookies and stuff might be the job for you, O For Heaven's Cakes is hiring. God bless them. They make it so I don't have to make. Yay. Let's go back to, uh, it was 1508, wasn't it, where we'd, uh, the, the legislature decided that they were going to take out en- enemy number one, the auditor's office, who likes to keep them from doing things like overspending, spending irregularly, misusing accounts and stuff, hiring people incorrectly, and all oh, my other personal favorite, which is having um, bid processes and things skirt by what what was it directly that they did and especially at that meeting because i had people that drove in for that meeting and were told you can't speak well that meeting was to propose when it cleared the house it was stripped down to the point where it was just supposed to give the governor ability to appoint a special auditor and then um the week prior to that meeting at the at the actual, we're going to testify on it. Um, Representative O'Brien proposed it was like six pages of changes. Jesus, that made the bill even worse than it originally was. Um, the final stripped down version, which passed, still adds a bunch of garbage. And I I reviewed it this morning, and honestly speaking, I'm drawing a blank on it. It's okay. Not even gonna lie. I know, I know but that it's still the fact that anytime Josh finds something yep. big, it turns into a fire. And How dare you? And even if it's not that big, the North Dakota Commerce thing with the Be Legendary logo redesign that went super duper over budget. Like, yeah, Michelle Comer was the head when it released, but she's not the one that authorized it. The guy that was there before got replaced. Mm-hmm. And Michelle got brought in, and Josh made a look like a villain. Well, it's, so, it's just a case of kill the messenger all the time. All Josh is trying to do is see that our legislators follow the law, follow the censure code, follow the process. Follow the law that they themselves wrote. 
And the, he's immediately vilified for that oh, and yeah, defunded. Absolutely. absolutely. And and what was it? One of the um, senators on the floor, was it, that accused him of embezzling? Yes. Or the illusion that he was embezzling? Yes, because God knows if we, can't, if we can't make it with the facts, we go straight to character assassination. Right? I mean, because there was character assassination enough for everybody in the op-ed columns and everything else. It was all an out war against Josh Gellion and the auditor's office because he did the one thing that they hate the most. He peeled it back and he said, you've done wrong. And they don't like that. I, I mean, it'd be really interesting if somebody sat down and looked up all the businesses that these legislators owned and compared it to all the budget. And who's getting out. contracts. Who's getting contracts and who's getting money? Because I bet you that would have t- changed the tune of that entire conversation quite a bit. And see, that's the thing they don't want it to be looked at. And who would look at something like that? An auditor would. Yep. An auditor would say, there's an ethics connection here. There might be a legal question here. And that's the one thing they can't afford because everything is so hand in glove in this legislation and this govern- government that we have in North Dakota. It's who you know and who you're related to and the hell with the law. We'll, we'll push this through. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll make sure you're taken care of and the people can pay for it. And Josh is the only one that stood up for us at any point in time. And he showed us exactly what we're going to get if we stand up and push back too, because it's the, the gloves were off. The character assassination was tough. And when people showed up at that meeting wanting to speak, the first thing they did was go into executive session or whatever they call it, committee or whatever. So people had driven. Some people had had driven from my area. They'd driven four hours one way because they'd been told they'd have a chance to speak. Well, and it was blizzarding that day too, wasn't it? Yes. The weather was hell, and people still got in their cars and said, this is too damn important because this is the man that puts the transparent in transparency. This is too damn important. And they got there and those smug legislators of ours went, well, we're going to, we're going to, this is a committee thing. This isn't the thing that, 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 that matters. So you don't get to speak. What? Doesn't matter. Well, you, know, you know, Judy summed it up the best. Judy summed it up the best that committee meeting when she said, well, this is the way it's been for 30 years. I mean, there was your poster campaign for term limits. Right there. Right there. How dare you question us? How dare you ask for transparency? The the thing that I've always said is um, watch when a politician really feels backed in a corner and how they fight, because then you know you're onto something. And Josh Gallion has been onto something. And it's not just at the Bismarck level. It's not just at the legislative level. It's going all the way down to city commissions, county commissions, school boards, and everything else. Because they've been taught they can get away with it. Well, look at the rural fire department thing before session even started. Tell us about that. Um, I can't remember what department it was, but it's down, down in the southeast corner again. And his audit revealed, what was it, like $20,000? I mean, it wasn't even a big audit. But $20,000 worth of funds that had gotten abused. Started with a P, didn't it? Partial uh, or something? Yeah. But anyway, 20 grand that 
wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. That's, and yeah, and for a small rural fire department, this is not chump change. No. 20 grand goes a long way towards equipment. Absolutely. One would think that uh, somebody calling into, into notice 20 grand, and isn't it a volunteer fire department too? Yep. Bingo. Bingo. And I remember the fact that the, that the lady that was, was uh, being questioned and stuff about it, they had to wait for over six months to get the paperwork that the auditor's office requested that should have been at their fingertips. Yep. Should have been right there. Should have been right there. Shoulda. Shoulda is the word. Shoulda. And well, see, you know, but go ahead. I ran into that, though, um, last June um, after the primary I had requested from each county some pretty simple stuff. Mm -hmm. um, how many people lived in the county? How many people were uh, eligible to vote? How many votes were cast? How many votes were cast absentee or mail-in? Mm -hmm. And only about a third of them answered and with, with numbers. Um, another third of them gave me back a, uh, well, this information isn't available. Nobody should have it, which I already knew was a lie because I was looking at the numbers. And the, the last of them didn't bother to reply. Well, what amazes me is the fact that when we do FOIAs and stuff, we're told, especially about the voting thing, well, you have to be a legislator to get that information. That's bone chilling to me. I had somebody reach out to me recently. Um, they forwarded me the email, and all they had requested was the oath of offices for the legislators, which should be on the Secretary of State. Should site. be. Or, hey, we got legislative profiles for all these guys. Why don't we have it as a clickable PDF right on their page for free for the citizens because it's public information. Um, the Secretary of State's office had told this gal that they could provide them to her, but it would cost her $5 per name, per legislator, per session. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. See, the, the, this, this North Dakota transparency in government is, a, is once again pay to play. It's the same thing with the Republican Party, where if you want to run for this office as a Republican, you got to pay them so much, and you got to pay them this, and you got to. Everywhere I turn in the state of North Dakota, there's a price tag attached to it. Yet, yet, we're told they're rolling in money. They've got billions and billions of dollars in the funds all over this place. We've got enough money where we can afford to hire all of these people and everything else, but we can't afford to fix your property taxes. And we can't afford, even with Mr. Bill Gates Jr. at the helm, we can't afford to have so many of these records, as you said, in a PDF accessible on a website because it's just too difficult. Everywhere we look for actual transparency, there is none here. Or yeah. there is it if you've got enough money to pay. And they always make sure that, it, that they're going to bankrupt you to get it. And the, the ladies in Williston requested one, and they spent fairly good money. They spent $700, and they got a thumb drive that they can't open. And the, guy, the guy's reaction to that was, not my problem. I gave you the information you requested. You, you said you'd take it electronically. That's the electronic format we have. 
Oh, well, if you want it to print, if you want us to print off the same information, we'll be happy to do that, but you're going to have to pay for that. Oh, she, yeah. she had to pay for the information twice. And then the funny thing was, was on the thumb drive, it said it had so many gigabytes worth of stuff. And on the stuff that was printed off, a lot of the pages she got were duplicates and a lot of them were redacted. So who's hiding what? In the world of transparency in government in North Dakota, who is really transparent? And my answer is nobody. And that's why Josh was so damn important. Because they yeah. can't tell Josh, no. All you have to do is do it, go through the due diligence, go out to the auditor's office, fill out the petition, file it with the petition, and Josh would take off and do the work and wouldn't be charging you. Yeah. And they can't have that. No. That's why they wanted part of that bill that they were looking at was they were going to charge you. They were going to charge businesses and stuff to get audited. And they were going to, on the ones where it was a big corporation, they were going to reduce it to where it was pennies on the dollar for his cost. It was... Yeah. The whole bill was riddled with, I'm going to get you, auditor, because you've embarrassed me. You've stuck your nose where it doesn't belong. You refuse to play along. I'm, I'm fed up. I'm fed up. I know you are, too. Where do you think we can go? We've got about two minutes left. Where do you think we can go, to, go with this? How do you think we can get this, this petition going so that you can't have a contract as a legislator? I think we need to look at it logistically. Okay. And, and somebody needs to draft it, and we need to just run with it. Because uh, this would have to be a statewide p- petition and an initiative, because we, we noticed they worked on the initiatives, or is this something different? Um, I think we would do it as a constitutional adge- amendment. Okay. Because I know that they've done their best to make running an initiative through incredibly, incredibly difficult. Well, imagine if it passed the voters, okay? Oh, God. It's the same thing, and they pulled the same thing in session that they pulled on term limits. You would know exactly who was getting that money. Well, I think think we have some homework to do, Mr. Lepp. I think there's a small group of of, of really pissed off people that uh, are really tired of having their noses spanked and... And I think oh. that there's enough of us out here that we can we can do something with this. Go ahead. Real quick before we go here. Yeah. Something out of Minnesota. And it's probably oh. for publicity. The Rocks and Cows Act. Let's do it. Let's talk about it because I know about it. Let's talk about it. We'll make it 30 seconds. Yes, let's do it. So the Western Edge, the conservative part of Minnesota, had a representative bring forward an act of actual legislation, this is the second time he's done it, called the Rocks and Cows Act, where that conservative edge wants to be separated from Minnesota and either added to North Dakota and South Dakota. And just because they're tired of the rural communities being ignored by St. Paul, which is exactly what we're seeing here. Exactly. Exactly what we're seeing here. And what I really got a kick out of on this time, though, is Christy Nome actually put out a statement. She did. All means, come join us. She actually sent them a map. She redistricted. (laughs) She sent them a map that said, we can do this. You guys, you're welcome. And she sent them a little map and said, it was a little cutout. And she said, see, it works. (laughs) I've got to tell you. And there's part of me that's going, take this part of North Dakota, too, please. 
take the day, take the northern part of North Dakota, just do a huge swath. We'll make it a nice tea. <laughs> take it through. I think it's something that needs to be considered. Publicity stunt or not, people are pissed off, and I, I think we need to make them understand how pissed off we are, along with this petition on not being able to to uh, to go out on contract bids and stuff. I think it's I think it's worthwhile. If you live in northern Minnesota and you listen to this podcast, you can contact me. I'll help you try to find out how it's going on because I think, if nothing else, people, we need to get their attention because right now they're ignoring us. They're sitting bare. They're sitting there like this going, yeah, 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 talk away, talk away because we don't care. We need to get their attention. My dad, I'm going to end it with this. My dad was a... As he, as, as he raised us kids, said, are you a mule to us kids on various occasions? And we said, no, why? He said, because if you're a mule, first you have to get their attention. And I go, I don't understand. He goes, you take a two-by-four and you hit it square between the eyes. Because when you're trying to train a mule, first you have to get its attention. So are you a mule? So I'd like to use that and say to my, my legislators, are you a mule? <laughs> Do we have to first get your attention? Marvin, Thank you so much. You're a doll. You're an absolute gem. You're you're a one of a kind researcher and a genuinely nice human being. And I am proud to say I know you and call you my friend. Say hi to Sarah, the wife for me. Give the kid a hug. Everybody, God bless you all. Happy Monday from Common Sense Uncensored. Keep up the fight, everybody. (laughs) 